Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. When we look at things as far as statistics and things like that, we can recognize that when it comes down to us, normal us, we can just mess up a whole lot, you know? Uh, th- there's a lot of wishing and hoping and praying and, and crying and believing, but ultimately nothing's happening. And if we're being honest with ourselves, what happens is, is there's this repetitive life each year. It's the same old, same old, you know? And, and, and it's like what I have as a title, same old, same old. You guys have heard that before, right? Same old, same old, or change. What's it going to be? And I thought about that. And I thought, okay, what does it take to get beyond the same old, same old? What, what, what is, what's necessary? Because ultimately, I have no doubt, we all want change. Now, we might not want the journey of change that requires change, but we all want it. And so we strive, we desire, we passionately you know, look for the ability, but ultimately stats, you know, they don't lie. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking the world, I'm talking about church, in church itself. And so I, I, I thought, you know, how can we, you know, be, go beyond the listener and be a doer? Because ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, listen, people, the day and age we live in, information's available, I mean, it is out there and it's free. You know, you don't have to go to a conference and pay, you know, three, four, eight hundred dollars to hear some wisdom. You can get it on on YouTube, you know, if you're listening to the right person. You know, there the percentages are really small. But anyway, the point is, is information's out there, correct? I mean, it's out there and, and thank God for it. I have no problem with that. I just have the problem with, 99.9% 99.9% of the, all the other information. But the thing is, 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 you know, we're followers of Jesus. He came here with a purpose and fulfilled his purpose. Well, that's his heart for you. To be able to fulfill purpose, to be able to live the destiny that God has for you. We've got to recognize the, the, the keys that help us get beyond the normal, same old, same old, to a place where we're having victory. We are having transformation. We're having change. Amen. Who can tell me what are the three effects to being overwhelmed? Don't don't get scared. What are the three effects being overwhelmed? What's that? Fear what? That's right. And you know what's sad is we all want change, but we couldn't remember three important keys to the message last week. But we all want change. This, you guys were my testimony or my analogy of why this stuff doesn't happen. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being true. And you all know it. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, I got one of them right. Well, good. That's good for you. But, but let me tell you what you aren't doing. You aren't doing what's common sense life because it's church, because it's spiritual. But y'all understand common sense life. If you want to be successful in something or if you want to get to a place, you're going to have to study. You're going to have to get into the books. You're going to have to hear it over and over and over and over. So when you take the test, you'll pass that test. Y'all know that. Everybody in here understands that. We get it. We know what it takes to be able to go to a next level and it just doesn't open the door and we get in. We, we understand the principles of receiving information and hearing it over and over and over to know it. And then when you know it, I can't go to your job and they, and they say, well, why should we hire you? And I said, well, I read a book. Well, when did you read it? I, I don't know, a couple years ago, but I read one. And see what I'm saying? But you would look, you look at that and go, well, yeah, that's stupid. Well, then what do we call our lives? 
because we're not hearing it. We have the availability. I just said it's available. It's, you go to Love Life YouTube channel, that message is there. But if you're not going to listen to it, or if you're not going to take good notes and, you know, get them revolving around your head. Because I'm telling you, that's, that's some good stuff to understand. When I'm overwhelmed, I want to know that fear is going to come running toward me. That, that I can get tired. I can get fatigued in this. Or, or I can get to where I'm like going, all right, forget it. I'm just, I'm going to become complacent. Are you guys hearing? And this is what we have to understand. We either got to, you know, let's take our little spanky. Or, or let's take it personal and throw a fit. And realize, you know what? This world out here doesn't play nice or fair. But we've got to do what's right for our lives. And if you're wanting change, if you want to have things that'll say, you know what? I'm done with the, the reputation in my years. The same old, same old. I want different. I want different. And I believe I can help you if you can just do the, the small things that are required for change. And that's just remembering, right? Right? Remembering. Good job on, on the two of you that remembered. Or was there three? This would be a good time to, I'm not teaching a line to go, no, it was four. <laughs> well, you passed on that anyway. So we want to get to this place of change. You know, it's like when, and y'all get this, the mundane life, and you work a job, and if you've been there for years, it's same old, same old, correct or not? It's same old, same old. And it can be, well, you know, how's your job? Yeah, same old, same old, you know? In other words, it's, 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 it's boring. There's not much, it's just what I do. I do it over and over and over. And I, I can understand that in some jobs. I mean, there's some jobs where um, things can be a little more creative. I know, you know, you can be in a, a certain type of trade, a certain type of business that you can be challenged in the daily work. I mean, that's something I would need. I need something that, you know, isn't, you know, pushing a button every day. But I need the challenge. I need something that presses and pushes me. And I can tell you what I do right now, I'm challenged every day because God's alive and, and he's got a call on my life. And that call demands that I'm at the top of my game so that you can be so that each one of you can be. And that's what I do this for. I want to see you successful. I don't want to see you, you know, being a repetitive year after year and same old, same old. I want to see good. I want to see blessing. I want to see prosperity. I want to see things moving in a, in a forward direction. Not just you, but your whole house. And experiencing this. But I get it. I can, there are times when, you know, you're in a season where it's like, ah. Or, yeah, you know, I understand seasons. That's one thing I get. And that's why I believe I, I can show a certain type of grace and mercy in people's lives that other people judge harshly. And, and it's based on, yeah, I get it. I understand. Common sense is my life was a little different, you know, uh, before marriage. And then after marriage, it became different. And having a kid, it became different. Having two, it came different. Some of you understand that having three becomes way different. Having four, having five, you're crazy. But the point is, <laughs> the, the point is, are you guys hearing me? The point is, is you're, you're going through the different things that establish change. Each one changes the first one. It's not the same. It is not the same. When Pastor Lau and I talked to our boys and we're talking about before they came, they hear stuff like scuba diving and parasailing and all this stuff. And they're like going, and, and what do we do again? We go to Disneyland or whatever. But the, the thing is, well, we went skiing last week for Maddie's um, 16. He wanted to go skiing. You know, we don't ski. <laughs> Matthew's like going, I want to go skiing. And I go, Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, it's, his, it's that special one. We, we operate on special birthdays, and they have birthdays every year. Everybody has birthdays every year. But we have specific ones that are, you know, the special birthdays where we do something big. And so he wanted to go skiing. So I, I did what I do, and I say, we've got to take a class. Because <laughs> this is why I live my life. You have to, we, have to, we ain't going to get out there and be dumb. In other words, you don't know how to ski and pretend like, you know, and look like a fool. That's, that's not, you don't do things that way. You want to you do things correctly. That's it. You want to do things correctly. You can get hurt not doing it right. And so we took, we took, you know, instruction. We had class. And then we were able to, you know, stand up on the snow and ski, you know. And I know next time, if next time happens... We will be able to ski. We'll be able to get out there and ski. And I'm not talking about we're going to get up there and do flips and jumps and all that. That takes a couple months. But all I'm saying is, is it, it, it took instruction to be able to enjoy something like skiing. And it was, it was fun. It was, it was something that I, I looked at and I thought, this is a cool thing to do. The only thing is, it's embarrassing. You know, we have our family and we're not all young and you got, you know, five-year-olds going, (laughs) you know, you're like going, can you get them away from us? Do we have to be instructed with these four-year-olds that are skiing already? No, I don't don't have pride. I was like, man, I was was a cheerleader for them because I thought, man, how awesome is that? Because I know what's going to happen. They're going to be proficient at it because they're learning. They're getting instruction, and they're going to practice out that instruction, and they're going to enjoy, enjoy skiing, just like anything else. And I want us to enjoy life. I mean, Jesus said, I've come. I, I, I'm, let me tell you my purpose. I've come to give you this life, but this life in a far greater way than you could ever imagine. Come give you life and life more abundantly. And then he said, and my other purpose is to kick the devil's butt, destroy him, to rip, just to to demolish him. And that is so awesome to know that he came looking to give us this, but also to do something against the enemy that would cause us not to be able to experience it. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I believe Jesus is awesome. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. You better be able to clap for that one. Amen. You know, we become what we repeatedly do. And a lot of us want change or we want things that, that all require this understanding. Because we are doing, we are who we are is because we've repeatedly done things, our life. And what I'm saying this is, I'm saying this so you understand that this is how we're made by God. We're made to not have to think about things on a constant basis of things that we should know. That these things enter into our mind and heart to where we don't have to think about it. It comes naturally. And so the battle we have is the natural things that we deal with that have to be changed to become into the supernatural, which changes it to a new natural. And it's the process of what God's word says. And so we want to be able to have this. Proverbs 23 says this, for as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. You've guys heard that over and over and over. As a person thinks in their heart, so are they. Now, It's an interesting Hebrew word, think, because it's the Hebrew word sharar, sharar. Now, that's interesting because it literally means a gatekeeper, and it's the term think. But it it means a gatekeeper, and a gatekeeper was someone that literally opened or closed the door for animals or people, but it was someone that had a responsibility. Everybody say responsibility. Live stream responsibility. I didn't hear you. No, I was talking live stream. So what it's saying is, is, is if you understand 
your responsibility to keep things out or let things in. Because if you don't, whatever comes in is going to become who you are today. Now, I know there are people in here, you've made bad decisions. I'll raise my hand. As a Christian, you've made bad decisions. But I can tell you right now, it's because what you've allowed in to do those decisions. You can't blame the devil. You can't blame people. You have to look at your life and realize that I allowed information in here, in here, that produced the bad decision. Isn't this true? All right. So we get that. We understand that. We all, can, we all are guilty of what I just spoke about. We've all made bad decisions based upon what we allowed in or what we didn't keep out. So what do we do? We throw a fit, throw the talent and quit life? No. But you do mature and grow up and realize that if I don't change this action of life, I'm going to do another bad thing. Because I hear this all the time, won't do it again. You're a liar. No, you, you are going to. Unless, everybody say unless. And, and turn to your neighbor and say, that's me. All right, that's me. Unless, I want to be the unless part. Unless you do what? Unless you change what you're processing in your thought life. What is that constant process of thought? That's the only time it's going to change, amen? So, that's what we have to look at uh, this morning. Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart above everything. Now remember, the heart is where words or truths are implanted, right? Now you have information that comes in the head. We all get information constantly in this day and age. Always, it's just coming into your head. Some of the information goes one ear in one ear, out the other. It's just, it just right there, right? Information flows. Information flows. And then ultimately, there's information that starts to stick. It's what you start turning your attention to. You open the gate, and you allow it to come in, and you start listening. As you listen, you start making a determination. Is this factual? Is this truth? Now, it doesn't have to be a fact, and it doesn't have to be a truth. It's your choice. But I'm going to tell you right now, you can take a lie and make it a truth. I'm, listen to me. Most of you in here deal with a self-image problem because that is exactly what's happened. You took a lie and made it truth. What are, you gonna, what are we going to do about this? Because we have so much information to be able to transform our lives. Now, please understand, this isn't a New Year's resolution because this is a life resolution. We're not talking about, you know, quitting, you know, eating this or doing this this year. We're talking about life. And that's why I really believe that if you can focus on a, on a, on a long you know, this, this long journey, this race that isn't a sprint, but it's a marathon, and that we have to pace our lives, pace ourselves. But also understand that that's not an excuse not to do anything. It's, it's saying, listen, if I fall down, it, it doesn't matter. I can get back up and keep running. In a sprint, you fall down. You lost. You do a 100 meter, it's over with. You stumble. You're out. You ain't going to win. You guys hear this. But on a marathon, you can. You can. And so we want to look at life in the right way that, that teaches us. I mean, this is natural principle, life. You know, we, we, children come into this earth, and, and you, we can have all kinds of desires and passions and expectations. But, you know, when they're babies, they're babies. There ain't nothing happening but servanthood. Isn't that true? Come on, do I have any parents in here or are you guys all single? It's a fact. 
complete fact. I mean, you are a servant to that child. The moment they're born, they're just, it's like, no, you're going to do what I, what I want, when I want, or it's going to get loud. <laughs> but you're going to do it. And, and this is what we, we forget because there's this process of time that we've, we all have been living that, you know, it requires a little common sense for some spiritual understanding. And that is, is, you know, we, we can do dumb, but we can fix it unless it becomes us. And that's when it, when it gets into the identity of who you are, then it becomes more difficult. You hear the phrases, it's just who I am. You, you, you are robbed, you're robbing your life. This is just my personality. Do, do you even understand what that means? Nobody, nobody is living their born personality. You're transformed or you're been trained into a personality, but your per, pure personality doesn't come out until you become more like Christ. The more you become like Jesus, the more you see who you truly are. And that's the only time you're going to really see your true personality, which all of a sudden you're going to realize, wow, it looks more and more like Jesus. Exactly, exactly. We're our assumption through human psychologists and psychiatrists, not God, through fallen people, fallen men. We're defining our lives based upon what they think. You guys listening? And so we have to change. We have to change that. And I believe this will help you. Amen. This is going to help you. <laughs> How, what do we do in the first of a year? I go through in a teaching instruction, usually tied to God's, God's word over this year. And I usually throw up statistics on New Year's resolution fails, right? <laughs> That's what it comes down to. It's, it's almost like every year I'm like going, are you guys getting this yet? Because over 90% have already quit. When, when it hits six weeks, 90% quit their resolutions. Do you believe that? That's crazy. I'm talking to people in here right now. Your resolution, boop, it's gone. It, it, you're done with it. It's already over with. And I can understand that. And I can understand also that there's resolutions that shouldn't have been made because they're crazy ones with the word never, usually in the sentence, right? You know, and you go in it that way, I guarantee you never becomes a lot, <laughs> more than once. But we want to have the understanding of what it takes to be committed and have follow through for a change. Wouldn't you guys agree? Isn't that what you want? All right. I'm going to give you seven success understandings before we move on. Seven success understandings. Number one, now listen to these, listen to them. Successful people and unsuccessful people usually have the same goals, right? Success, unsuccessful have the same goals. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful do occasionally. Now, these are keys. These are things that you need to recognize. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. Like I said, successful people have goals. Unsuccessful people have goals. Successful people do it every day. Unsuccessful people periodically. This is a pattern here. Amen. The thing you have to look at is, is, the goal is, is what we're wanting to strive for, but that goal is not the priority. It's the system to that. That's actually everything about what Jesus talks about concerning, do you love me or do you want to have success or be like a house planted on a rock? Hear and do, hear and do, hear and do. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Number five, 
or number four, you'll rise to the level of your system, not goals. You'll rise to the level of your system, not goals. Number five, focus on the process over the results. Focus on the process over the results. Now, don't get me wrong. Results are awesome. Okay, they're awesome. You don't want to be working hard, hard, hard and not see any results, right? You're spinning your wheels if you're doing that. I remember we started uh, lifting weight. My boy started lifting weights and um, Matthew sort of was dragging his feet a little bit. And so months are going by and he's not seeing any results. And Daniel is getting buff. I mean, he's, I mean, people are going, wow, you lifting weights? And he, you know, of course, the answer is no steroids. But anyway, the thing is, is <laughs> the thing is, is, is you, start, you start doing this and working your muscles. It starts working. That's how your body's made. But Matthew had, the, you know, he, st he still had a tendency of, why are we doing this again? You know, so I'd look at him, I'd say, but I don't force. I'm not going to force or make. I don't do that. I'm not that dad. I'm not that little league, I could have been an all-star, you do it now, dad. All right, anyway, so I, I, but I don't allow them to not recognize what they're doing. So I told them, I said, listen, Matthew, you're doing this, but you're not doing it. And you're not gonna see results. And I told him, you start doing this correctly, you're going to see results. I'm going to tell you, you're going to like it. So he, he, was, he was open. He wanted to. He realized, okay, I'm going to do this. And after a couple months, all of a sudden, he starts seeing it. So he's, now he's walking around all like this, all buff and everything. But the thing is, is he started seeing what that work could result in. And then there are times when, you know, now Daniel's like going, my measurements, they're not, they're staying the same. I go, yeah, exactly. Welcome to, welcome to this land we live in. You know, your muscle got to the certain point. Now it's going to need a little help in other areas. You know, it's going to need a little protein. It's going to, you know, there are things that you now need to understand what's required for that muscle to get past another level. And, and so we're, we're getting all this information, but the thing is, is we're not, doing it for the results. In other words, it's not the focus. The focus is the system, the system. And we've got written down our systems. We got everything down of how we do what we do. And then the results, they come, they will come. I'm telling you right now, you focus on the process over the results the system will take care of themselves. The results will come. Amen. You guys hearing? All right. Number six, build the habit. Habits take you farther than desire. Desire isn't going to do anything. You got to create the habit. Habits don't happen overnight. It's a process of time, right? Everybody in here with all your bad habits, it took a long time for them. And now you're perfected in those bad habits, Right? Are you, am I telling the truth or not? Okay, so how do you do, what do you do? Well, you, you have to look now toward the same concept. What did it take you to become an alcoholic? To, to want to drink alcohol. Not saying alcoholic, but just want to drink alcohol. What did it take? It took you to overcome in the very beginning. Overcome what? That stuff's nasty. I'm telling you right now, there's not one person on this planet that drank alcohol and their body was like going, sweet, let's do some more. No one. You had to force it and you had to keep forcing it until your body submitted to your will and started to succumb to alcohol. You guys all understand this, right? If you don't, that's on you. You're living fantasy land or you don't want to admit you got a problem. But whatever, it's the truth. But you had to force, you had to make it, you had to, you had to be um, to completely committed to the drinking. Smoking's the same way. Do I have any ex-smokers? Am I telling the truth? You had to force yourself. You had to force yourself. I remember early on in, in baseball in high school, you know, all the ball players, they take dip. 
and you're watching them on TV, man, they're putting their, you know, dip and their chew and all that. I want to be a ball player. So I decided to do what they do. It must be doing something because they're on TV, I'm not. So I remember putting that dip in my, between my cheek and gum, put that thing in there, and about puked, threw up, because I didn't know you ain't supposed to swallow. Now I know guys, I know guys that do it for a living. They swallow. I mean, that's crazy, is it not? But you gotta be crazy to do that stuff. The point is, is I did it and did it and did it until I could do it. And finally I said, you know what? I like sunflower seeds better. And I just thought, honestly, I'm telling you the truth what happened to me. It just came down to, I was like, you know what? I don't like this and it's so expensive. And I'm just a teenager, you know? I don't have the money for this stuff. That's how it was with me. But the point is, is I get it. I understand that you have to, you have to press through. If you'd only take yourself back to those days to realize that, no, it isn't. I just like the taste. Whatever. It's just a flat-out lie. It's what you created to make yourself I said, make yourself accept. If it was like a popsicle, it'd be a different story. True or not? Exactly. But it isn't, is it? No. So just to understand that th this is helping you get to the place of how do I go from same old, same old to change? Well, I need to start building habits, new habits that are going to systematically take me to my goal. People, we, you, what should be the beginning of your year resolution? It, it shouldn't be about diet. Though I'm not saying you can't. It shouldn't be about health. Though I'm not saying, I'm saying your number one resolution should be more vertical toward God. I want to do this more with God. I want to, I want to know more. I want to be more involved. I want more impacting in the kingdom. I want to commit. I used to say this. I haven't said this in so long, but the, it is the complete truth, and I'm going to start saying it more and more. And I used to say it all the time, and that is, you give me one year, one year of, of coming to church, getting part, being, doing something here, I guarantee your life will totally 100% be changed. 100% in one year. That's it, one year. And that has been a factual statement ever since I opened the doors of our church. But there are people that do and people that don't. Again, it's, it's going to be a choice you make, but I know, I know that I know that I know that being committed to the kingdom it will change you. But it's, it's you that has to do it. I can't make it happen for you. I swear to you right now, if I could do it, y'all be perfect right now. <laughs> Wave the blessing hand and y'all go, all right, praise God, let's go church for three hours. We're gonna take four offerings today, yeah. <laughs> you guys would be all like that. Let's go on the missions. All right, but anyway, number seven, Small things done faithfully are better than a large done periodically. Everything in the kingdom revolves around small. Everything. The kingdom of heaven is as if a person put seed in the ground. Everything starts with small. Amen? Everything. This beginning of knowledge is one apple and one apple equals two apples. That's the beginning of knowledge of being able to fly into space. Do you guys get that? Small stuff, the small stuff. And becoming proficient at the small. And I promise you, the small doesn't stay small. That's the impossibility. The small continues to grow as you go down the small path. It will continue to increase and increase and increase. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. God said, be faithful and small, and you'll stay small. Did he say that? No. He said, if you can be faithful and faithful, I'm going to bring larger stuff into your life. 
But if you can't show yourself faithful in the small, I, I'm not going to give you nothing. I'm not going to give you anything. These, that's God's operation of success. And by faith, that's how we operate in our lives in every area, every facet. You got to be faithful in the small. If you want change in an area with God, then you got to be faithful in the small. That's where it begins. You're not perfect in every area, but what I've come to understand is if I want to get mature, if I want to get to a place of where I'm, 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 I'm structured, I'm feeling really good about it, is, is I got to start in the small. Amen? Start in the small. By the way, that's a natural principle to a spiritual truth. It's the way it is around the whole world. Amen? So we got to be systematic to experience change. Completely systematic to experience change. And I know this is what we want. You know, Jesus was systematic. If you look at his life, he didn't just wake up on the day and go, huh, I wonder what we're going to do today. Did he? If you looked at how he did things, he was systematic. He, he, he operated with, with an understanding of what's necessary for his disciples to go to the next level. I, I remember when he fed the, the 5,000, which actually is probably closer to 25,000, 30,000 people. 5,000 is just men. Y'all knew, y'all know women double men when it comes to church all the time. So right then and there, and you know, women, they all got kids with them too. No, serious. So you're talking about a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people. This wasn't, you know, some men's ministry outreach. This was a whole lot of people. They just counted that way in, in, the, in the Greek. That's what they did in writing this. They just counted that way. So what happens is, is Jesus is saying, you know, to the disciples answering their question, they're starving. What are we going to do? And Jesus says, what are you going to do? And one of the disciples said, well, here's, here's a young boy that has some fish and some bread. I mean, that, isn't that crazy in the first place, just to make that comment? We're talking thousands, thousands and thousands of people. And he's going, yeah, there's a kid has, you know, he's got his lunch sack right there, or Happy Meal, you know. But, but to even bring that up is interesting to me. I, in, my, in my heart, in my mind, I'm thinking that, first of all, to even make that statement has to be just completely ridiculous and dishonorable. So I don't believe that was that disciple's heart. I believe he was on the verge of entering in the supernatural. I believe when he saw that, there was a glimpse of something that was saying, we can do this. But then they all back away. They get to that spot and all of a sudden it's, uh, it's like, oh, it ain't enough. But there's this beginning, this start. And Jesus did what? He, he made a system. All right, you guys, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start breaking it. You guys are now going to take it and start feeding people. And that's exactly what he did. You, you watch Jesus, and he never got up and said, huh, weather's fine. Let's, let's, let's do this day. He goes, we're going here. We're going there. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. Very systematic, yes or no? Did Jesus fulfill his goal? He certainly did because he lived this life of understanding the system, understanding what does it take to fulfill your goal? What was the goal of Jesus? To go to the cross, right? That was his goal. Well, if you look at, you look at the how, you see that it answers the question to the what. The what was, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. i come to destroy the works of the enemy. That's the what. I, I, I've, I've come to lose 20 pounds. I've come to uh, not be this way anymore. I've come to, uh, you know, be more diligent. I've come to not be a complete. I've come not to be a liar. I come, and we talk about the what's all the time. We list the what's as far as New Year's resolutions. And like I said, majority of everybody fails. And I believe it's we're not majoring on the how to, the hows. How do you get to what you want? And Jesus did. It's so awesome what he did. Three and a half years. 
he operated on a journey of how to the point of fulfilling his what? During that whole time, he's talking about who the father is. I mean, that's a pretty powerful, powerful. Jesus is awesome, is he not? He's awesome. So we got to focus on the what over the how, amen? So how would be the system of action? The system of action. That's the how. So we go from goal, what, to system to get to that what. Right? So like I said, the, the goal isn't the key to your success. It's the system to that goal. So we got to prioritize the system. The system's where we're working. The system's where we're, we're, we're hitting, you know, uh, uh, different barriers. The system is where, you know, everything in your body's going, please, one more, one more. But no, we can't have another taco. Yeah, but you're starving me. I mean, you know how the body is, and it's fighting to the finish. So we want to understand the keys. You know, when God spoke to Abraham, there's some statements that God made to Abraham are very, 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 very important. If you think about the whole, the whole um, history of God and Abraham, it's very interesting of how, the, how, it, how it progresses. And after years and years and years, God gets to Abraham and starts realizing, not in a sense of, I didn't know, but in the process for our understanding, he starts speaking to Abram, to Abraham in a different way, and trying to get him to view something differently. Because he saw Abraham in his view, and that is, we tried, it doesn't work, and I have someone else that's, that's going to inherit all that I have. So he's got it settled. He already knows this. This is his plan. It's based upon what? His past. What he's experienced in life. Sarah can't have kids. We're not having kids. He came to that understanding that this is an impossibility. And then God comes on the seat. And I need you to pay attention. Because you have different impossibilities that you, you come to in life. And I can help you if you're bold enough, brave enough. And the reason why I use that term is because this is what God told Joshua. He said, for you to get to this place, you got to be courageous. And can you be courageous? Can you all be courageous and say, you know what? I'm tired of just the daily, daily, the same old, same old. It's time for me to get this next level. And so what did God do with Abraham? He said, I want you to look up at the stars. Count them. He goes, I can't. He goes, yeah, that's your offspring. Then he said, look at the sand. I find this interesting that he tells him to look at the sand and does the same thing. And it's like, you guys have seen sand, right? You could take a handful of sand and not be able to count them all. But he's saying, look at the sand. Years ago, this is what I heard. I heard someone say this, and it stuck with me. And I'm talking about a long time ago. I heard a guy talking about this, and he said, I believe that God said, look up and look down, because in our life, there are times we're looking up, and there are times we're looking down. And I went, man, that's good. That's good. That's good stuff. Even when you're down and you're looking down, you can see sand and go, man. I thought I was going to get this pity party started, but I can't. I'm looking at all this sand. That's God saying, no, no, no. This is going to be big. This is going to be big. He has him do that. He says, lift up your eyes. When he says, uh, this is the land that your, your family is going to inherit it. He's good. This is it. He goes, now look, lift your eyes and look to the north, south, east, and west. It's all yours. He said that after... Abraham and Lot separated, and Abraham does this. Lot, go to the right, I go to the left. You go to the left, I'll go to the right. Whatever. In other words, you pick, and I'll take the opposite side. Abraham doesn't care. He's like going, I'm successful at what I do. So Lot does what? Lot chooses 
He, his choice was to go toward Sodom and Gomorrah. But think about what he chose. He actually chose the watered valley of Sodom and Gomorrah. But where did he end up? Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't choose that. He chose the valley. And that's interesting how if you look at that and look at the, the teaching behind that, everything about Lot was, I'm going in this direction, and it continued to pull him in toward ultimate failure. And it's the steps that happen when you go to a place where you make decision, this is going to be the best, instead of what God, God decides for you. Because Abram said, okay, I'll go this way. And he continued in his success. But what's interesting is after they separated, God says, hey, look to the north, south, east, west, he even, toward where Lot was going. He's saying, it's all yours anyway. It's all yours. No matter which direction you go, it's all yours. And so I believe that statement, God to Abraham, is something we have to pay attention. He's the father of our faith. So we have to pay attention to this stuff. If you look at Joshua, who I just mentioned, that God spoke to Joshua and he said, this is what I need you to do. If you want to have success and eliminate yourself from a fallen nation that chose to stay with a slave mentality, they chose to live a slave mentality. You want to get past that. This is what it requires. You're going to have to take my word and meditate on it all the time. That's what he said. You want, you want to enter in, this is what it's going to require. Now, this is so important to understand because each time God's saying, I need you to think differently. I need you to think differently. And it requires your conscious decision to think differently. Not subconscious, you're, you're going to continue to be who you are and it'll never change because that's your past training. But when you consciously make a decision, that's when it changes from the pathway you were on. You consciously say, I'm going this direction now. And that's what's going to help you. And so here we have this picture. It's beautiful on both cases because God's saying, you're entering something you're not used to. This is not normal to you. This is beyond. Amen. So it's going to require a different attitude. So you're going to take this word so you can see differently. See differently. What? See differently. And this is what, I believe this is what God created in us, in our own bodies, our own minds, to be able to operate this way on a proficient basis. I don't know if it, how many people have, have, have played, you know, college or upper-level sports. But there comes a place, and it can be even high school, higher levels, you know. Usually you're, you're at a higher level in, in a sport in high school. But you, I know me personally, I know most everybody, elite athletes, are taught something to help them get to the next level in their journey of that game. And that's the ability to be able to see things before you do things. See things before you do things. And as I was, I, I remember being taught this early on and, and what you're supposed to do in the process of seeing and doing. And so you'd, you'd, you'd literally see yourself accomplish things before they're accomplished. I looked this up in, in, I wanted to see, you know, who's the most decorated Olympian of all time right now? Michael Phelps, Michael Phelps. Now this is interesting about Michael Phelps because um, he's won I I wrote down, 28 Olympic medals, 23 are gold. All right, that's double of what anybody's got. But something about Michael Phelps is very interesting because in the year 2000, um, in Sydney, Australia, 15 years old, you know how many medals he won? Zero. Zero. 
in 2004 in Greece, Athens, Greece, he won six golds in four years, six golds. And here's a gifted athlete, but what needed to happen was he needed to be able to go beyond what his usual practice and games were. He had to get to an elite status because now he's, he's not going against the people his age, the people his size. They're going against the best of the best. And so his, his, this is Coach Bob Bowman. He instructed Phelps to watch a mental videotape of every race every day before he went to sleep and when he woke up. See it mentally every day, every morning. That's what he did. You remember walkthroughs, Tim, when you had to walk through or you walk through certain things or, or even practice, you got to walk through the thing and what you're doing. You got to go and do this and keep going over and over and over. Every basic concept of any sport, you do things over and over and over. When we learn to ski, no skis, no nothing. We're standing there going like this. Didn't we? And I'm thinking in my head, where are we going to get the skis on? I, I, I don't want this. This is normal way of learning something. I want to get skis on. All my head was seeing those guys going. That's what was in my head. So that's why I was thinking that way. When I got the skis on, that wasn't happening. This was happening. Crash. I mean, it doesn't even matter. It's a, you get near someone, you're like going crashing. But the point is, is it, it's doing a, a mind getting connected to something. You have the basic thing, dang. Ding, ding. And so that's what you're doing. And then finally we get skis on and we start doing what we were doing before that. And so it's, it's that principle of learning the small basic things first. Small basic things first. And Michael Phelps, again, his, his life was, I mean, gifted athlete, but you get all those swimmers on there, they don't look too far apart. But something here happens. I believe with all my heart, when it comes down to it, you get to an upper level of sports, you know, you're going to have, you know, a, a, a lineman that's not 200 pounds lighter than everybody else. They're all going to be weighing about the same thing. But something happens in that one's head that takes them to the next level. I'm telling you, it's here. It's right here. That's why winning, you know, fixes a lot of problems. It's because people, when they start winning, even if they're mediocre, get better. It, I'm telling you the truth. This happens. And so here he said this. The coach said, we figured mental imagery was the best to concentrate on these tiny moments of success and build them into mental triggers. Listen to this. This is fascinating. He's not talking about big things. He's talking about little things, little successful actions. He says, we build them into mental triggers. It's more like his habits had taken over. The actual race was just another step in a pattern that started earlier that day. Is that awesome? I know exactly who he was talking about. Exactly. I remember days I pitched. I would sit there and go through every batter that I knew what I was going to throw. And I watched myself do it all the time. I did it all the time. Once I learned how to mental image and use that before games, I would do it. I'd go through the whole process. I'd watch myself. Now, the next level of, of this visualization is what I was, I was reading about is, is when you're looking at all these elite athletes, they go beyond just this. They literally hear the crowd. They smell the, 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 the place they're at. They taste it. Everything about it becomes bigger than just mental image. It becomes, this is, I'm in it right now. I'm in it. And by the way, your mind works in an awesome way to believe you. And I can tell you right now, your mind isn't sitting there going, nah, this ain't real. It ain't. If you're making it real, it's real to your mind. I'll say that again. 
if you're making it real, it becomes real to your mind, which means your body will react toward the mind. As a person thinks, so are they. Are you guys hearing this? He says, the actual race was just another step in a pattern that started earlier that day. Winning became a natural extension. <laughs> is that amazing? It's not, the goal isn't even the issue. It's the system, the system. And what happens? The goal comes, the goal comes. Oh, I love that. Is that awesome? So we got to overcome the training of our past and get a new training process going. Do we not? Amen. What are the three effects of being overwhelmed? See how many people are able to do that now? Fear, fatigue, complacency. What were the scriptures behind each one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do know them, but I won't do that. But do you see what I'm saying? In other words, it, it, it gets people to go, okay, I need to remember. And then you, you remembered. You heard it. Karina didn't say it over and over and over for you guys to get it with an attitude like, come on, guys, I knew it. No, no. What happened was is the, the understanding of responsibility engaged. And when you hear fear, fatigue, I mean, fear, fatigue, complacency. I was having compassion for you. That's why I came out. So we got to overcome the train wave. This is a two-part, by the way. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Before I get into the, the instruction of this, I just want to read this again. That you may prove, that word literally means discern, that you'll have an understanding, a discernment of what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. All I know is, is you just reading that is very special for you because God has a good, perfect, uh, he's got a plan for your life and it is good. It's acceptable. It's, it's, it, it's something that's just not normal life. This is God's will. Amen. God's will. And so it says this, and do not be conformed, suske matizo, suske matizo. That's important to understand because it literally means to shape something in the clay, but it's more than just shaping. It's literally shaping into something specific, something specific. Do not be shaped into something specific. What's that? Do not be shaped into something specific. That specific is a fixed condition. So the shaping's already established. You are conformed. It says, do not be conformed. So that says we can be, right? Do not be conformed to what? This world I own. This world I own. That's time period. So this isn't about, you know, the, the 20s. This is about 2020. 22. This time period we're in, it's saying, don't be shaped to what's happening right now. Why? Because you will be. You will be. If you don't do something about it, you will be shaped. You're going to be shaped by something. Just understand that. This is for every human being on planet Earth. God's saying this. He's saying, listen, there's a shaping that's happening. Don't allow it to be the wrong one. He says what? Do not be conformed to this time frame, this period we live in, but. The word but here is Allah, and it literally means, this. I love this word because it, it means opposite of something. Opposite. Rather than this, I want you to do opposite. Rather than this, I want you to do opposite. Do not be conformed shaped to this time frame, but rather, I want you to be opposite of this, be transformed, metamorpho. We get metamorphosis. You've heard this many times. Metamorpho is something that you have to look at and see the picture of the caterpillar and the butterfly, because that's exactly the definition. It's literally becoming a new 
back new again. That's, that, when you take the compound word, it literally means back new again. But what it's stating, not in newness of time. It's not talking about you're new because it's, this is new, it's fresh. It's talking about literally whole different condition, a whole complete change. This is God's plan for your life. He wants you in the position of when Adam and Eve were first here on planet Earth. Is that amazing? That's where he's, he's trying to get us to realize that's the ultimate goal to get you to a place of. And what, whose other name can we add to that? Jesus. Because he operated in a, in a nasty world. Oh, this is good. This is good. But be transformed. In other words, allow this complete change to happen. How? By the anakainao. Anakainao. Be transformed by the anakainao, the renewing. Not recent, not something that has to do with whole blowdown and build up, but a renovation. A renovation. That means you go in. You don't have to blow the whole house out. There's a whole lot of house that's good. You go in and find the bad, the broken, the cracked, the leaking. You go in and you renovate what needs to be fixed. Everybody got that? What is renewing the mind about? It's about looking at the areas that need to be fixed and fixing them. Pretty much very simple in layman's terms. He's saying, listen, you want to have success to know God's will for your life, to know this awesome plan he has for you, then we're going to have to change how you think. The way you change how you think is, look, where's the broken thinking at? Y'all, everybody in here knows broken thinking in their lives. You know the areas where you're thinking, you know, they're the thoughts that you're like going, I hope no one hears this thought. All right? Or some of you might be dumb enough to sit there and go talk about it all the time. Everybody's like going, ooh, stay away. No, no one in here like that. Amen. But the point is, is this is what God's saying. You want to have ability to discern God's plan for your life. The only way it's going to happen is, is you're going to have to change a lot of stuff. Why is this so important? It's so important because our, our image, our identity is tied to what we believe. And God begins saying, I want you to climb Everest. And we're going, I can't even climb this mountain in front of my house. This is what he's doing. He's, he's saying, I need you to do big things for you. But see, your whole past, your whole training is, is I can't do that. I can't. I've tried. I, don't, I can't make it up. And it's impossible. But it, when you renew your mind, God doesn't renew your mind to, you're a mountain climber. You can do it. No. It's a system of information to all of a sudden you start realizing, wait a minute, I can start down this journey. I can walk this path to pretty soon you're scaling mountains. You're scaling mountains. Why? Because you aren't allowing yourself, like Paul said, I'm forgetting my past, but I'm pressing. I'm pressing. That, that's a cool word. It's used for hunting. And it's a term for a hunter going after his game. And what he's doing literally is, is he's, he, this guy is urgent. He's recognizing that this is a responsibility and a need that has to be taken care of. And he's going after, he's pursuing. They even use it for persecution when an enemy is persecuting. They're, they're not thinking about, hey, who can we beat up today? They're literally thinking of how and when and let's get on. Let's move toward this. Same word. And Paul says, I'm pressing, I'm aggressive. Pressing for what? The goal, the prize, the goal of the prize of the high calling. It's not about the goal, it's about the prize of the high calling. That's the goal, but it's the, 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 the how-tos is doing this. I gotta let go of the past. Are you guys hearing what I have to say? All right, so what are you gonna do today? You're gonna start doing the right thing. What do you wanna see yourself doing? What do you want to see it? Then you're going to have to start seeing it. I didn't say I visualize everything because I'm so perfect. 
I visualized what I knew was right and what I knew needed to be done. And if, if I was told, extend your hip more or get your leg out further, drive your back leg, follow through. Even if I was having issues with it, I'd see myself doing it right. I'd see myself doing it right. See myself doing it right. Till ultimately, it become habit, second nature. That's where you're going to go. You're going to start seeing it. Now, visualizing this stuff doesn't mean that you might start visualizing negative. Stop the process. Get back to the beginning and start over. Start over. Don't continue there. Just stop. Get back to the beginning and start over and start visualizing it. What do you want to see yourself doing? What do you want to see yourself doing? What do you want to see yourself doing? Start seeing yourself acting a different way. Start seeing yourself being a different way. Start seeing yourself thinking a different way. Start seeing it now. I promise you, you start doing this, you're on the beginning of a journey that God's word says, hey, let's be courageous and follow this through. Amen? Father, we thank you for the word and the truth of the word of God. And we believe, we believe with all our heart that you're not the same old, same old God. This isn't a life that's meant to be boring or monotonous. This is a life that's to be lived with an understanding of relevancy, that we are important to this world and we're needed. But we're not needed our way, we're needed your way. So we're going to have to start making changes. We're going to have to recognize our responsibility to be diligent, be diligent in not only protecting our mind and our heart, but to be diligent in doing the right things to create the pathway of success. So we're going to press in and we're going to recognize our responsibility to do this and to be committed in it and not quit. And that's our confession and that's what we believe in Jesus' name, everybody in agreement said, amen. All right, y'all, love you guys. You're awesome. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.